welcome to the broadcast of Crosstown Church of Memphis. We are a church that is Christ-centered, diversity-driven, and community-committed. A church that's bringing people together, sharing God's message of hope, love, and service. We seek to love God, love people, and serve the city. We welcome you to our broadcast with Pastor Byron Fitzpatrick. Again, welcome everybody to Crosstown Church of Memphis. And we are continuing a teaching series that we started last week titled Small Things. Um, our main objective or our, our, our main point in the series is that the, it's the small things that so often makes the biggest difference. It's the small things that makes the biggest difference. There are things in our lives that we so often take for granted. We so often overlook. We don't give, them the, give it the attention that, it's, that it deserves or needs or the attention that of the impact that it actually makes in our lives. But Sometimes we can think about a lot of different things. It's very small things that makes a really big difference in our lives. And so, you know, most of you, you probably remember this scripture. You probably are familiar with this scripture. We've heard it uh, so often. If you've been in church for any amount of time, you've heard the scripture. And the scripture is, many are called, but few are chosen. Anybody ever heard that scripture before? You familiar with that scripture? If y'all just wave your hand. Or you can unmute real quick and say, amen, I've heard that before. But uh, put in a chat, say amen. So however y'all want to say y'all amens, y'all do it. Get on the screen and wave your hand or uh, uh, mute, mute, unmute or chat or whatever, how you want to do it. But anyway, many are called, but few are chosen. You know, this is a very small scripture, but its impact is huge. Its impact is major, you know, although, although, you are familiar with this scripture. And I know most of you are familiar with this scripture. Although you are familiar with this scripture, are you familiar with the situation in which it comes from? That's, that's, a, that's an even bigger question. You know, are you familiar with it? But are you familiar with where this scripture actually comes from? Okay, so I'm going to tell you where this scripture comes from. Do you remember Jesus going into the temple in Jerusalem and chasing out the money, money lenders? He goes into the temple. He goes into Jerusalem, goes straight to the temple, and there's people in there and they're doing all kinds of stuff, you know, take all types of business and, you know, interactions and stuff that's going on in the church, in the temple that should not be going on. And one of the things was people were, you know, money lenders was in the church. They were selling animals uh, for sacrifices. They were, they were you know, had, had, had uh, uh, exchanging money, doing all kinds of crazy stuff, right? And he chased them all out the church. He got a whip. The Bible said he got a whip and he started, took the whip and he started whipping at folks, turning tables over and everything. Church, he said, y'all have made the, the house of God into a den of thieves. He chased them out. Okay. Right after, after that happens, after the incident happens, Jesus, he's teaching in the temple and he just, it's just like he goes in and he just takes over, right? He, he, he's, he's in the temple, he's teaching and uh, people are amazed at his knowledge and his understanding of the word. They are amazed at how much he knows and he's able to teach it and break it down in a fashion that they are able to actually understand it, okay? And so 
he Jesus' popularity is growing. He's packing the temple out. People are coming out, listening to him. This brings some concerns to the Jewish leaders. This brings some concerns to the Pharisees, the teachers in the synagogues. And so they, they're seeing that Jesus is taking their popularity. He's taking their, their following and he's taking over. People are following Jesus now and not paying them that much attention. So they started challenging Jesus with a bunch of questions. They started challenging him in situations to challenge to see how much he know. And they, he, they, what they were trying to do is they were trying to show the people that this man does not know as much as you think he know. All right. So they was trying to discredit him. So one of the things that Jesus would do is he will respond to them or he will respond to their questions or the things that have the different ways that they challenged him. He will respond to them using parables. All right. So here Jesus money, he goes into the temple, he takes over the temple, turns over tables, kicks the money lenders out. He starts teaching. His popularity is growing. Pharisees, the teachers in the synagogues, they're, they're bothered by this. They're trying to discredit him so that people won't listen to him and follow him, follow him so that they don't lose their following, right? He's teaching in parables. Here's one of the parables that he gives. He answers, they, they are challenging him, right? So in the book of Matthew, if you, are, if you have your Bibles, uh, turn to the book of Matthew chapter 22, all right? And uh, uh, this is where we're going to be reading from. And so this is, I'm not sure it doesn't, the Bible doesn't give us a clear timeline on when Jesus actually uh, said this or taught this parable after the situation with him turning over the tables of the money lenders in the church. But it appears that it might've been within some days that this happened, okay? That he actually spoke this. But it's pretty much in the same setting, okay? Book of Matthew chapter 22, verses one through 14. And this is what Jesus says. It says, and Jesus answered and he spoke to them again using parables, talking about the Pharisees, okay? Talking about the people that was challenging him on his knowledge and understanding of God's word. And Jesus answered and he spoke to them again using parables. And he said this, he said, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who prepared a wedding for his son. He sent, <clears throat> he sent his servants to remind those that were invited and they would not come. Again, he sent other servants saying, tell those who were invited, I have prepared the dinner. The oxen and the cows have been killed. All the food is ready. He says, come to, come to the celebration. But they made light of it. And they went their ways, one uh, to his farm, another to his place of business. Others, they took his servants and they insulted them spitefully and killed them. But when the king heard about this, he was furious and he sent his army to destroy those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, he says, the wedding is ready, but they which were invited were not worthy. Therefore, go into the streets and invite as many people as you can see to the wedding, uh, to the wedding feast. So his servants went out into the streets and they gathered as many as they could find, both bad and good. And the wedding was filled with guests. And when, he, and when the king came in to see the guests, he saw a man who uh, didn't have on wedding clothes. And he said to him, friend, why aren't you dressed in wedding clothes? The man was speechless. Then the king said to his servants, bind him foot, hand and foot, take him away and cast him into utter darkness. <coughs> he said, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Mm -hmm. Then Jesus said, after he teaches, after he teaches this parable, all right, after he teaches this parable, this is what he says. It says, then Jesus says, for many are called but few are chosen, all right? There is a lot 
to unpack in this uh, parable that Jesus, Jesus was teaching. A lot to unpack. So he, he's again, he's being challenged by the Pharisees, the teachers in the synagogue, and he gives them this parable. And he says, this is what the kingdom of God is like, or the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is like this. King prepares a wedding. His son is getting, getting ready to get married. He prepares a big old feast. He invites all of his, uh, you know, the close friends and invites people to come. And they take light of it. They don't come. They don't accept his invitation. And then some people was even so, you know, spiteful about the situation, about being invited. They took his servants and they killed them. So King was like, okay, what? They killed my servants? I, I just sent my servants to remind them of the invitation. Man, I got all this food. I done killed cows. I done killed oxen. Everything is laid out. I done prepared everything for them. And they going to not only, uh, you got a bunch of people that's not even accepting the invitation. You got, and then you got something to kill my servants. He's okay. So let's go. He sent his army to kill the, the murderers, the ones that killed his servants, to kill them and to burn their cities up. And then he says to his servants, he's okay. Well, since, since the people that I invited won't come, go out into the streets, invite anybody that you want to invite. Invite everybody, okay? Good and bad. I don't care what they look like. They can be ugly. They can be tall. They can be short. They can be beautiful. They can be uh, fat. They can be skinny. I don't care if they're dirty, clean, bad, good, anything. No, no restrictions. Invite anybody. And so they invite, went out into the streets and they invited everybody, they filled up the, the place. All the guests come out. He comes out. And he sees all of his guests. The place is full. All the guests are there. And he sees one person that's not dressed in wedding clothes. Why aren't you dressed in your wedding clothes? And the guy was speechless. So he said, take him up, bind him up, uh, cast him into utter darkness. And he said, there will be a weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then he closes. Jesus says, for many are cold, called, but few are chosen. Mm -hmm. Again, like I said, there's a lot to unpack in this, but I'm going to focus I'm going to focus on one particular thing in here, right? And that is the attitudes of those that were invited. That's what we're going to focus on today. So today's subtitle, if you are taking notes, today's subtitle is Bad Attitudes. Man, don't you guys know somebody, know some people that got some bad attitudes? Sometimes, you know, and, and we all are guilty at times of having bad attitudes, but then you got some people that's got bad attitudes all the time, you know, and, and, and here's the deal. Your attitude is a small thing, but it can make the biggest difference. It, it, it can make a, your attitude alone can make the, 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 a huge difference on a situation. Uh, you know, my daughter, uh, Nene, when she was a little girl, you know, whenever she would have a bad attitude, I would I would ask her a question. I would say, Nita, and I heard this from somewhere. I can't remember where I heard it from. Somebody used to do this. And I, I would go to Nita and I would say, Nene, I said, what makes you? I would ask her, what makes you beautiful? And this was when she would have a bad attitude, right? I would say, Nene, what makes you beautiful? And she would respond by saying, my good attitude in her little bitty old uh, three-year-old, four-year-old voice. You know, she would say, my attitude. I said, that's right. Your attitude is what makes you beautiful. You know, your attitude can make you beautiful or you it can make you ugly. You know, your outer appearance can be beautiful, but if you got a bad attitude, you are you you, you come across very ugly to people. You know, we got too many ugly people around here. Would you guys agree with me? Too many ugly people around here because of their bad attitudes. If people would check their attitudes, it would eliminate a lot of unnecessary problems. There are so many problems that we face in our lives today. We face in society and society. We face in 
in, in our relationships with one another. We face on the job, on the workplace, in schools, and wherever we go, you know, within our families. A lot of the problems, if we were to check our attitudes, some of these problems would just probably just disappear. They're, they're a result of bad attitudes. People, you know, they get fired on their jobs, not because of their performances, but because of their bad attitudes. I'm sure somebody knows somebody that got fired, but they was probably a great worker, but they had a nasty attitude, got them fired. You know, people, they get bad service or they get no service because of bad attitudes. People, they lose good friends because of bad attitudes. You know, they can't keep a boyfriend or a girlfriend, can't keep a husband or a wife. Why? Because of bad attitudes. If you're someone that's constantly moving in and out of relationships, Maybe you need to examine your attitude because you could have a bad attitude. You know, their family, people have family members that don't want to be around you, you know, because of bad attitudes. People, they even lose their lives because of bad attitudes. You know, people need to learn how to do what? Check their attitudes at the door. You guys have heard that before. Check your attitude at the door. Don't come in here with that mess. All right. Because we ain't got time for it. The book of Ephesians chapter 4 and 30, 31, for those of you that are taking notes, Ephesians 4.31, it says this. It says, let bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor. Do you guys know what clamor is? I'll tell you. Clamor is racket, loud noise, babble, shouting, yelling, and screaming. You know, I said I did a post not too long ago on Facebook and Instagram um, and, and, and wherever. I did a post not too long. You know, there's some people are just loud all the time. All the time, just loud. And, and, and just because somebody's loud, don't mistake that for strength. And just because somebody's quiet, don't mistake that for weakness. Amen. But clamor is just people that's loud all the time. They always creating racket, always just babbling, always shouting, yelling and screaming. You know, so again, uh, Ephesians 4, 31, it says, let bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, as well as all types of evil behavior be put away from you. Well, guess what, people? Bad attitudes are displayed in these type of behaviors. Bad attitudes come out in bitterness. Bad attitude come out is displayed in wrath. It's displayed in anger. It's displayed in clamor and, and all types of other evil behaviors. You know, here's something. If you want to tweet, if you like to tweet or put something on Facebook, on social media, whatever, here's something that you can take and tweet. Write this down. And that is your attitude influences your behavior. All right. That's a again, your our attitudes, it's a, it's a very small thing, but it can make a big difference. Your attitude, it influences your behavior. So maybe sometimes we need to look at our behaviors. When we look at our behaviors and we examine them, it's like, man, where is this behavior coming from? It's coming from your attitude because your attitude is influencing your behavior. All right. Okay. Talk about attitude. All right. So before I go any further talking about attitude, let's get back to the Bible. We was talking about the Bible. We was talking about, you know, Jesus and him, uh, uh, this parable, all right? So he was teaching this parable. It's called the parable of the great feast. And in this, so we're talking about par a parable. A parable, for those of you that don't know, Jesus uses parable. He used parables to help communicate a message. So a parable is a simple story used to illustrate a moral or a spiritual lesson. Again, a parable is a simple story used to illustrate or to, or to, used to illustrate a moral or a spiritual lesson. So, so if that's the case, we must ask ourselves the question, 
What is it that Jesus is trying to teach us? If he's teaching these guys, these people, these Pharisees, these leaders of, of the synagogue, is he, if he's trying to teach them a lesson, what is the lesson that he's trying to teach them? What is the moral that he's trying to teach them? I'm going to give you the answer, okay? He's trying to teach them, and he, he was trying to teach them, and he's trying to teach us that our bad attitudes can prevent us from receiving the things that God has prepared for us. Okay, y'all hear that? One more time. Here's the lesson. He's trying to teach us that our bad attitudes can prevent us from receiving the things that he has prepared for us. Amen. I mean, there's songs, there's quotations, there's t-shirts and hats talking about the things that God has prepared for us. And sometimes we wonder, why come we're not receiving the things that God has prepared for us? I know he has this prepared for me. Why are we receiving these things? Maybe, maybe it's because of your attitude. The Jewish leaders, they had a bad attitude. And if, if he was trying to teach them, they had a bad attitude, all right? And if they aren't careful, they were going to miss out on the things that God had prepared for them. This is what Jesus was trying to teach them. Here, Jesus comes into the temple and he, he, he kicks the money lenders out, throw, turns over tables. People, he said, you guys have turned the house of God into a, a den of thieves. So he's trying to bring some order back into the temple. He's trying to bring some, you know, make it into a place of worship like it's supposed to be. And, 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 and he's teaching the word of God. He's un, giving people some understanding. Uh, he's breaking it down for them. And, and people are listening. And he's trying to, instead of them just falling in line, instead of them saying, man, this is great. He's actually, dang, what he's doing is not bad. It's actually good. And them joining in, they already have, guess what? They already have their position. He didn't take their position away from them. He didn't take their seat away from them. They, they already got their position. Okay, let me move on because I'm going to come back to that, all right? <laughs> so the king's son, let's check this out, all right? So the king's son, the king's son is getting married. He has, the king has spared no expenses whatsoever, whatsoever in celebrating his wedding. He invites his family, he invites his friends, you know, to come to his son's wedding. And he prepares this big old feast and he's got the cows, he got oxen. He done killed, slaughtered all these animals, done cooked them up, got food prepared. He's got everything. Got, I mean, spared no expense, right? But they chose not to come. All right. It, it wasn't a concern of theirs. It wasn't their priority to come to this big old celebration, to come to his son's wedding. When the king sends for you, what do you do? You go. Period. It's just like here in the United States. There's always been a situation just in the re in recent times, probably. Uh, just probably within the last couple of two or three presidents, we see something happening here. But here in the United States. It's always has been, you know, a, a kind of an unwritten rule. When the president calls you to the White House, you go. You might not like him or agree with him. You might not have voted for him, but that did not stop you from going. If the president calls, you go. It's just been within the last maybe two or three presidents where this has been something where people, uh, I, I probably, I think, started with George Bush, George W. Bush. 
where we see people, he invite them to the uh, White House and they refuse to go, okay? So now it's, it's becoming a little bit more common, you know, that people don't accept the invitation from the president. That's not normal people, okay? But here in this situation, when the king calls you, you go. The king called for these people and they didn't go. Instead, what do they do? They go to their farms and they go to their places of business. Their farms and their places of businesses, in the scripture it says here, was more important than them going to his son's uh, uh, wedding celebration and, and, and wedding feast and everything. Their own personal lives were more important than, uh, 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 that they could not give up what? One day. They could give up one day. Their own personal lives, their own, the stuff that they got going on was more important than the king's son's celebration, his big wedding and the feast and everything. How would you feel? How do you feel when you have you have special things in your life, special events going on in your life and you spare no expense? You invite your closest family members, you invite your family members, you invite your friends, people that you know, and they don't show up. When people don't show you don't you don't you don't pull out everything. And you want people to come celebrate with you. You feel disappointed. Mm -hmm. You feel disappointed that people don't show up. But, but, but we know that there's some people, they have legitimate reasons for not showing up. And those people that we know have legitimate reasons for not showing up, we understand. But then there's other people that don't have a legitimate reason. They have lame reasons for why they don't show up. And when this happens, it breaks our heart. You know, we, we try to be strong and we man up and we try not to let it bother us so much. But we know deep down on the inside of us, it hurts us. We know we do. We are human people with, with, with you know, very sensitive feelings. And it hurts when people don't celebrate or they don't come to the things that we invite them to, you know, such as a wedding or a big fat wedding feast or something like this. All right. We can all relate to this, you know. But here's the deal. How do we know that the people in this parable had bad attitudes? Because I, I said they got bad attitudes, right? How do we know that they got bad attitudes? Because some went to their farms instead and others, they went to their places of business instead. Well, what, what's, so, what's so bad about that, Pastor Byron? What's so bad about them going to their farms? I mean, they got work to do, you know what I mean? What's so bad about them going to their places of business? They got work to do, right? Uh, okay, okay, here, let me. Why is that a display of bad attitude? Let me answer the question for you. You know, I'm a person, I, I, if, 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 when I'm approached with situations, I need to ask questions. And, 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 and asking questions, guess what you do? You find answers. So why is this a bad attitude, okay? Remember this. When Jesus taught this parable, he started off and he said, the kingdom of heaven is like what? Like a king who prepared a wedding feast for his son. Okay, uh, the kingdom of heaven is like this king. So the king in this story is likened unto God. So when you read that, when you see that, he's using this as a, a illustration to, to teach a moral lesson or, or, or a moral or spiritual lesson, all right? So the king in this story, he is likened unto God. Now, now think about this. How good has God been to you? 
So in this situation, in this story, how good has the king been to these people? How good has God been to you? How many times have you been blessed when you didn't deserve it? How many times have you been healed, amen, by God? How many times have, have, has God made a way for you when you didn't have a way? How many times has he forgiven you and continues to show you mercy? How many times has he protected you and your family? That farm, that business that you got, who blessed you to have it? Who blessed you to have it, okay? With all the good things that he's done for you and for your family, you owe him the respect to show up when he calls you. Show up. He calls you, show up. Man, I mean, God has did so much for me, man, and he's calling me right now. You know, I, I, got, I got work to do. You know, I got, my, I, got, I got stuff going on at the shop, at the business or whatever. I got my job is calling me. Man, but God has been so good to me. Oh, man. And he's calling for me. You know what? I need to go. Mm -hmm. I need to go. He's calling for me. I need, I need to show up. God has been so good to us, y'all. He has been so good to us that when he calls us, we need to show up. As simple as that. We need to check our attitudes. We need to look, look you know what? I know I got this going on in my life, but hey, I, he, God deserves, he, he's calling me, I need to be there. These people had a bad atti attitude because they did not have the appreciation for how good the king has been to them. This king has e evidently been so good and Jesus likened him unto God, right? Likened him unto the kingdom of heaven. So he's been so good to them that they did not appreciate his goodness and what they had going on in their own personal lives was more important. They couldn't give up one day some of their attitudes were so bad that they even killed his servants. Wow. Okay, okay. You, you tell me that I've been so good to you. I've been so good to you that you now killing my servants who are just simply delivering an invitation to the wedding? You mean you killing them over this? Okay, okay. That's how you want to play? That's how you want to play? Okay, you're going to bite the hand that feeds you? Guess what the scripture, guess what the law of Moses says? An eye for an eye a tooth for a tooth, right? Right? That's one, that's one of the laws of Moses, one of the laws in, in the Old Testament. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. So you know what the king did? Say, okay, that's how y'all want to play. Okay, we're going to do that. So he went out, he sent his servants, he sent his army and killed them. The ones who killed his servants, he killed them and he burned their cities. Mm -hmm. Amen. <laughs> he, he came with fire. He came, he came with the muscle, right? He came with that heat. Y'all know what I'm talking about. So the king, he said, he said, he said, if these people don't want the blessings that I have prepared for them, I'm going to give them to someone else. Wow. Did y'all hear me? Mm -hmm. Hear this. If these people that I have invited to this big wedding celebration, my son's wedding celebration, I have prepared the best animals, the best food, lay, I have spared no expense. If they don't want to come and receive what I have prepared for them, then I will give it to someone else. I remember this being said to me twice in my life. I remember time, two times in my life where that thing, that, that thing dropped into my heart. I was one day riding down the street. Uh, I, I was going to school at DMAC in, in Des Moines, a community college. And um, I was on my way to school and Marguerite and I were dating. And, you know, there was, we had, you know, uh, gotten really close. And um, the thoughts about marriage, you know, was, was going through my mind. And I remember on my way to school, 
And God said to me, I felt the drop in my heart. If you don't accept your blessing, I'm going give to give her to somebody else. Ooh, okay, cool. Okay, God. That was God's way of telling me, hey, I prepared someone for you. If you want her, you better go get her. Period. I heard that. And then there was a second time this happened to me. We was at church um, and there was a revival going on and I'm sitting in the choir stand. And as I'm sitting in the choir stand, God had been dealing with me about something for about a year now in different ways. And I heard God say to me, not, not an audible voice, but it just dropped in my spirit. It dropped in my mind. It dropped into my heart. It just dropped in me. And it's like, I, 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 it's like it was so clear. And I heard the voice say, if you don't accept your blessing, I'm going to give it to someone else. And that's when I, I got up and I got my pastor out of church. There was a guest preacher preaching. I said, Pastor, God is calling me into the ministry. And, and, and he said, I know it, Brother Byron. I was just waiting for you to come forth and say so. And uh, that's, that, in those two times, I felt that God is saying, the king was saying to these people, if they don't want the blessings that I have prepared for them, I'm going to give them to someone else. Here's the tip. Don't lose your position. Do not lose your position. God has placed you in the place that you're at. Do not lose that position because of your bad attitude. Do not lose that position because your attitude is not in the right place concerning what the king has done for you, concerning the, the place that you have, concerning the blessings that you have, concerning what he's prepared for you. Don't lose your blessings because your attitude is not in the right place. Don't lose your position. So he sent his servants to the streets to invite whoever would come. Well, they won't come. I tell you what, go invite anybody, anybody in the streets, whoever comes, just let them come, bad and good. Just imagine this. Imagine you losing your position to someone who's do, who, quote unquote bad. Imagine you losing to some, your position to someone who, who's not as good as you are. Maybe your talent, maybe your skills in a particular area or whatever. Maybe, maybe you, maybe your, 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 whatever it is, whatever position you have, maybe you're a good worker. Maybe you're a good uh, a leader, whatever it might be, but you have a bad attitude. You mean to tell me you're going to let your bad attitude cause someone else to get your position who's not as good as you are? Let that sink in. As, as, as for the men that showed up without, uh, uh, so they went out and invited everybody, right? And they came in. Now, I'm not going to teach on this part because this is, this is something else that we can unpack in this, but I'm not going to really teach on it, but I just want to touch on it. And that's this. As for the man who showed up at uh, showed up at the wedding, and he was wasn't wearing wedding clothes, he wasn't wearing wedding attire, um, and you know uh, the king said, you know, why aren't you wearing uh, your wedding attire? And he was speechless, and he told his servants to bind him hand and foot, cast him out into utter darkness, and he said there would be gnashing of teeth, uh, uh, weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's believed is believed that that one person that showed up at this wedding feast was uh, Satan. And so he kicked him out. Said, no, you're not invited here. Get out of here. Um, but I'm not finna, I'm not finna get go deep into that. I just wanted to mention that. Here's the deal. Jesus ends this parable. He ends this parable. I'm, I'm bringing this thing to a closure, y'all. I probably got about five more minutes to, to teach and I'm done. Jesus, he ends this parable and he says this. He says, many are called, 
but few are chosen. Okay, well, who was called in this parable? Who, who was called and who was chosen? Many are called, but few are chosen. Okay, you just talked. This, okay, so who was called and who was chosen? So often when we hear this scripture, it's related to people receiving their calling into ministry. Oh, I mean, every, think about the number of times you heard this scripture. Many are called, but few are chosen. It's almost always referred to people receiving a calling into the ministry. We're talking about the people who received their calling into the ministry. Many are called, but few are chosen. So there's a whole bunch of preachers out there, but it's only just a very few that are really chosen to be preachers. Did y'all hear one word in this parable talking about preachers? No. Okay, let's 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 wind this thing down. It appears to me. Okay, let me let me, let me back up. Who who was called? Who was called, y'all? The people that were invited were called. The king called for them. He invited them to the wedding celebration. He invited them to his son's wedding. He invited them to this big feast. He called for them. The king, I told y'all, when the king calls, what do you do? You go. The king invited them. He called for them to come to this big celebration. But few are chosen. Who chose to come? Who chose to come? Who accepted the invitation? Many are invited, but few accept the invitation. Many are called, but few are chosen. Amen? Here's the deal. It appears to me it appears to me that it's more important about accepting your invitation to the king. It is it's so often people, you know, this, 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 let me slow down, gather myself. It appears to me that this parable, this lesson that Jesus is trying to teach right here, this moral and spiritual lesson, it's more about accepting your invitation from the king. That's what it appears to me. It, it, it's about having a good attitude by showing your appreciation for what he's done for you. Remember, this king is likened unto God, right? It's about, it's about answering the call when the king calls for you. It's about not letting your bad attitude cause you to miss out on the blessings that he's prepared for you. The Jewish leaders had a bad attitude. And if they aren't careful, if they are not careful, they're going to miss out on what God has prepared for them. Jesus wasn't taking their position away from them. He wasn't kicking them out. He wasn't demoting them. He, he was simply warning them, look, guys, I, I came here Y'all to turn the church into a, a, a den of thieves. You got money lenders in here. People selling, you know, uh, 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 animals for sacrifices and stuff like that. Y'all got all kinds of stuff going on here in the church, in the temple that should not be going on. He said, I, I, people are, 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 are confused and they don't really understand, you know, the way that you guys are teaching 
God's word, people don't understand it and it's putting them in more bondage than it actually is setting them free. And so I'm just trying to help people understand this even more. I'm trying to break it down to their level so that they can understand this. And instead of you coming alongside of me and embracing the changes that I'm making, you cannot say that these changes are bad changes. These are good changes. Not one of them is a bad change. You're concerned about losing your following. You're concerned about losing your influence, which is a bad influence. And if you're not careful about how you're handling these situations, if you're not careful about receiving or accepting the invitation that God is sending to you, the king is inviting you to join me. The king is inviting you to join me. And if you're not careful about your attitudes, you're going to lose your position. That's what's going to happen. Do, do We don't want to lose our position. Don't let your attitudes cause you to lose your position. Amen. When the king calls, you answer. When he calls for you, go. Just go. You know, I, I, I remember uh, some years ago, um, there was a time in my life, it seemed like you know, blessings were just happening to me. Things, it's like everything I put my hand on, it was turning to gold. Everything I put my hand to, it was working. Everything I turned my hand to, it was like, wow. And, you know, and, and, and people was looking at me like, dang, you know, Byron is moving. Byron making some things happen. Byron, and it's like fast happening. And I remember somebody asking me one time, it was like, well, what, dude, what is it? What is it? You know, I was like, I don't know. I said, man, I'm, I, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I don't know what it is, you know. And I, I remember thinking and praying and thinking and praying. I think about some of my friends, you know, back here in Memphis and, you know, friends that are gone today, dead, you know, violently, uh, friends who are strung out on drugs, friends who are in doing jail time, you know, just terrible, bad situations, you know. And I, was, I used to pray, God, God, why me? Why, why did I escape? Why, why did you save me? Why did you rescue me out of these situations? What, why am I being blessed like I am, you know, in, in, in such, you know, big fashion and fast? Why is this happening to me? And, and the thing that, that, that came to me was this. Whenever I heard God call me, I answered the call. It wasn't because I was the best. It wasn't because I was the greatest. It wasn't because I was the most obedient. I wasn't no saint or nothing like that. I was doing wrong just like everybody else was doing wrong. But whenever I heard God call me, whenever I felt like God was calling me, I answered the call. I don't care. I, I'm finna, I'm, I, God, if I do this, I'm going to it's gonna, I'm, I'm gonna have to go through some stuff. It's going to hurt. It's going to be some stuff. It, I'm going to I'm gonna have to give up a lot of stuff in order to do this, God. I, but, but I truly feel that you're calling me to do this. So I'm willing to do it. And, and I truly believe that Jesus was trying to let them know, listen, guys, God is calling you. He's calling you. And if you're not careful, if your attitudes are not in the right place, you're going to lose your position. Many are called, but few are chosen. Your attitude is a small thing but it can make the biggest difference. If this message was a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry in a financial way, you can donate electronically by texting to 
248-284-3281 and enter the dollar amount you'd like to donate in the message area. Or you can mail a check or money order to Crosstown Church of Memphis, P.O. Box 40981, Memphis, Tennessee, 38104. We invite you to visit our website at www.wearecrosstown.com for more information about our church. Join us for our next broadcast next Sunday at 10 a.m. Be blessed and be better.